if I scared you. You're gonna have to do one hell of a lot more than that to scare me. Yeah, but look at all over for you, man. Didn't nobody tell you I was looking for you? Hey, I can't keep track of all you punks running around here backwards. Hey, you're supposed to be the fast thing in the valley, man, but that can't be your car. It must be your mama's car. I'm sort of embarrassed to be this close to you. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised driving a field car. Field car? What's field car? Field car runs through the fields, drops cow shit all over the place to make the lettuce grow. <laughs> Hey, I like the color of your car there, man. What's that supposed to be? Sort of a cross between piss yellow and puke green, ain't it? Well, you call that a paint job, but it's pretty ugly. I bet you got to sneak up on the pumps just to get a little air in your tires. Well, at least I don't have to pull over to the side just to let a funeral go by, man. Oh, funny. You know what? Your car is uglier than I am. That didn't come out right. Prove it! Why don't you go out and try to win yourself a few races? Man, you come on back and I'll show you a few things. Oh, Mason, you can beat him. Hey, that's a tough looking girl you got with you, man. What are you doing? Trying to pick up a few extra bucks babysitting? Hey, dog, why don't you come on a ride with me in about 10 years? Now, leave her out of this. It's just between you and me. What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrex10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, it's now time for part six of eight here in our top 80 albums countdown for the year 1973. Let's get right back into it here. Coming in at number 30 is a supergroup. Now, the knock on supergroups is it doesn't always work and does not live up to the hype. But in this case, I think this album did. And not that these guys, sans one of them, were like household names at this point. So, I mean, you could argue that this was just a group that was put together, not so much a supergroup. But whatever you want to call them. They're a really cool band, even though they weren't around for very long. This band right here, Beck, Bogert, and a piece. Yeah, it just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Uh, you can call them BBA for short, but yes. Jeff Beck on guitar, Tim Bogert on bass, and Carmine a piece on drums with their self-titled debut album here that came out uh, in the spring of 73 in the UK and uh, towards the end of the summer in the States. And of course, with the late, great Jeff Beck involved, you would expect a blues rock based kind of album and you get it on here, but 
It's got a little bit of the jam thing going on, but it's up-tempo enough to where it definitely keeps my interest. And I think this is a really cool rock album. Still kind of a gem that is sort of waiting around to be discovered by a good amount of rock fans. I don't hear people really talk about this record a whole lot, but for me, it's definitely in the upper echelon of Jeff Beck records that I would recommend you checking out. Another cool extra fact about this record is it was produced by Don Nix, N-I-X. Don played saxophone for the Marquees back in the day, which means he played on one of the most important singles ever released, which is Last Night. That was a big game changer, that song, and he was the guy that played sax on that. So, fun fact there. We're speaking of people that can really play their instruments. Of course, all three of these guys in this power trio can definitely play their instruments better than most people that had ever existed. And once again, I think this is a cool rock album. You should definitely give it a try. Definitely a very notable cover of Stevie Wonder's Superstition on here that I recommend. But I'm going to go with this original right here, track two on the record. So check it out. This one's called Lady.
inside you So all we have is now day Kicking off the show here today in nice, up-tempo, rockin', boogie fashion. That was BBA, Beck, Bogart, A Piece. That song was called Lady from their self-titled album. Coming in at number 30 here on The Countdown. By the way, you ever heard Carmine A Piece sing lead vocals? Well, if you said no, then you're wrong, because you just did. He sang lead vocals on that. And I was looking that up when I listened to it uh, again in this last time that I was scoring it. I just assumed that Tim Bogert sang all the lead vocals on this. But no, Carmine actually sings on this. So pretty cool, man. I didn't know that he ever sang, but did a good job on that song. And coming in at number 29 right here, this band's swan song, their fourth record and their last to this date still. They never got back together, but have a massive amount of respect and definitely one of those all-time cool bands And The Faces. Their last album, Ooh La La, came out in March of 73, produced by legendary rock producer Glenn Johns. Go look up his bio. He's produced some of the more famous rock and roll albums of all time. This one being no exception. Sometimes I get into when I listen to these records and really dive into them for the first time. I start reading up on them, trying to find articles on them. Of course, using the wiki too, just for cliff notes. And sometimes I'll start reading, I'll get kind of lost in the story and wondering, am I paying attention to the music so much? But I try not to do it with like a first listen. I had heard this album a handful of times before. But one of the things that really blew me away this time listening to it was just kind of reading how much the band was in turmoil. And that was the reason for their breakup after the release of this. Rod's going solo, Ron Wood's moving on, 
Ronnie Lane's moving on. They're all just wanting to do other things. They seem to be sick of each other for the most part. Uh, but with all that, I guess they're one of those bands that kind of creatively thrived on chaos because they came up with this really brilliant record. And so just knowing that they were all just not digging each other so much during this record, it's kind of a surprise because it, it sounds so good. It's definitely an album you should check out if you never have. Of course, the title track, the closer of the album, one of the great closers any band ever had. Great song, of course. But let's go just a little bit deeper on here. I've always liked this one. Uh, full disclosure, the first CD I ever owned by The Faces was a best of. And it's still a great comp to check out. Was it called? Good Boys When They're Asleep or something like that? Uh, but yeah, I've always enjoyed this. So check it out. Turn this one up. This one's called Borstal Boys. Fucking kick-ass classic rock and roll song that is. Borstal Boys by The Faces. Once again, what a great note to go out on. Who's ranking this crap? 29. (laughs) 
No, I, I, hearing stuff like that again and just thinking about the album, it's like, maybe I should reassess. But no, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. These are locked in. As you will hear the stuff that's coming up here, it's like, no, this this was a really hard countdown to rank, especially once I got into the top 50, for sure. So coming in here at number 28, sticking with the UK, of course, a lot of UK going on here. I'd like to see what the percentages of slots they have here in the countdown but for good reason. Continuing on with former Beatle George Harrison. His fourth solo album, Living in the Material World, came out in May of 73. Self-produced with the exception of Phil Spector, who produced the track I'm actually going to feature here for this record. There's a little bit of teaser there in a second for you. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people say that this is George's best solo album, and I don't think I can really argue with him on that. If you think that all things must pass might suffer a little bit from multi-album filler syndrome then this is the one you should check out for sure it's it's really hard to criticize most anything about this record you know it's it's hard too with our legends and icons and especially ones that have passed on but yeah this is a solid record so definitely check it out and this one right here another one of the great songs of the entire year of 1973. One of the best 70 songs out there. Rich history with this song, actually. The original version was recorded by Ronnie Spector, even though this was written by the man himself, George Harrison. So, I mean, you know, if Ronnie's going to sing her song, just hand it over to her. It's going to be great. And then later on, years later, I guess about 30 years after this, David Bowie turned in an excellent, excellent cover of this song as well. So how could I not feature this one to represent living in the material world? This is George Harrison with Try Some, Buy Some.
one of the best songs ever committed to tape right there. So beautiful. It was George Harrison with Try Some, Buy Some from Living in the Material World, album number 28 here in our countdown. And with album number 27, it's the debut of one of the greatest American rock and roll bands of all time. They are celebrating their 50th recorded year in music by saying peace out. Yes, band is hanging it up this year with a string full of shows. I hope to be there for one of them at least, at least hopefully the local one. If not, maybe a couple. We'll see. But yes, the bad boys from Boston, Aerosmith, one of the best bands ever assembled. Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, Brad Woodford, Tom Hamilton, and Joey Kramer put out their self-titled debut right at the top of the year, January 5th, 1973, produced by Adrian Barber, who... I guess they were a little critical of his production, saying that he basically didn't give them any direction. It's a glorified demo, what have you. Some fans say that about it too, but it's still got the soul of a nice down-and-dirty rock and roll band. Obviously not their best album, but you can tell they're on to something here. One of those albums, uh, probably the first instance of this countdown, I think. I'll have to check on that, but where I hit the trifecta on the formats vinyl cd and cassette so yeah i don't have an original pressing of this i think i had one at one time i don't know what happened to it but i have the second pressing with the the zoomed in shot of the band and not the go wide version but yeah and i had like the white label discounted sony cassette version as well and then got it via box of fire later on which with the whole catalog being under one umbrella now for the first time ever uh, hopefully, I still would like, I would buy a remastering of the CDs because those don't really sound that great. I remember when there was that big campaign when Sony put out their early CDs, the Box of Fire thing, but they don't sound all that great. I think they could use another coat of wax there for sure. And of course, we'll get some more wax, I'm sure, with them being so in the news and everything this year, hanging it up and all that. So I'm sure there'll be reissues galore. Let's celebrate the career of Aerosmith right here. But before we get into that rabbit hole, let's get back to the first album, the place where it all started, self-titled Aerosmith album. Of course, there's a couple of longtime band classics on here. Dream On, of course, the big all-timer. And Mama Ken, a favorite of the bands for sure. They've, I think they've played it on most tours. And, you know, of course, even famously covered by Guns N' Roses later on there. So there's a couple of standout songs on there. I'm also a big fan of Walking the Dog. I'm a big Rufus Thomas guy. And I like One Way Street a lot for sure. But I'm going to go with this one right here. The first time I got into this song was via the Classics Live Volume 2 uh, when I had it on cassette when I was a kid. I played that thing so many times and i think every song on there is my favorite aerosmith song <laughs> like if i was making a dream aerosmith set list all those songs would definitely be on there and so yeah like i said first time i heard this song and apparently this was the first ever song that steven tyler wrote with joe perry and it's the only song on this debut that they co-write together so there you have it so to represent this album I'm gonna play a Moving out. Coming 
edge of town Where we out there make a soul around We'll stop coming on and then we just grin Said we gotta move out, don't sit this morning I said we gotta move out, don't sit this morning Coming in at number 27 on our top 80 albums countdown of 1973, that was Aerosmith with Moving Out from their self-titled debut record. Better things to come for the bad boys from Boston, so stay tuned. Throughout all of these countdowns we're going to do across multiple decades, Aerosmith will appear on quite a bit of them. I have a feeling about that. You could lay good money on it for sure. So, coming in album number 26, you could say the same thing about this guy, too. This is his debut album as well in 1973, although he had recorded a lot of stuff prior to this debut album. But this is his first proper studio release. Put it out uh, just recently, actually celebrated a 50th anniversary as well, just around early March of 73. This album, Closing Time, by the great Tom Waits, one of my favorite writers of all time. This album was produced by a guy named Jerry Yester, and I've read a few things about this, and they say that it was pretty much all recorded live in the studio. You can definitely tell it's got that kind of like old school kind of jazz production, but it's such a cool sounding record, and definitely, I mean, the title is perfect for an album like this, because it just screams like late night, two o'clock in the morning, downtrodden type stuff. It's it's a lot of life and self-reflection, and bad relationships, and drinking, and stuff like that, and for my money, Tom Waits, definitely one of the great troubadours of all time. So, closing time, a solid record. I like most of his records for sure. If, at the very least, I think I can defend things off of almost each of his records. But yeah, if you've never gone this early on Tom, you might notice that his signature singing voice has not quite hit that super raspy area yet. Like early on, it's still pretty clean for what it would become later on. So if you've never heard his early stuff, you might be surprised by this. Also, you might recognize this song as a song that the Eagles made famous. And through no fault of its own, I'm still going to play it anyway here to represent this album. A little handshake here for Tom's debut and the opening track on this record. This is Old 55. Oh 
All right, Tom Waits right there with Old 55, the kickoff track from his debut album, Closing Time. Hope you enjoyed that. Nice little mellow jam right there. And we're going to stick with another one of my favorite writers of all time, but we're going to kick up the tempo quite a bit for one of my really all-time favorite rock and roll songs that I'm going to play for you here. Off of this record, Vagabonds of the Western World, the third studio album by Thin Lizzy came out in September of 73, produced by a guy named Nick Tauber, who uh, produced their previous album, Shades of a Blue Orphanage. I looked up his bio. That guy produced some really cool stuff out in the UK and, and otherwise. Did a couple of records for Toya, who I'm just now getting into, and he produced one of my favorite records from 82 that I talked about last year, Now Then, and did a couple of Marillion records as well. So there you go, Sir Chris Riley. Nick Tauber name I'd really never heard of until today, just kind of getting into his bio. I like checking those things out. I find out interesting facts like that. But getting back in here, I think a lot of Thin Lizzy fans, and even if you're just getting into the band for the first time, let's say you go in chronological order, this really is where the band starts to hit its stride as far as what you would come to know them as and really starting to show those signs of greatness for sure. And, you know, the first couple of records are pretty good, but Vagabonds is really where they kicked it up a notch. So, yeah, I'm glad it came in a pretty good slot here. I believe we have it at number 25 right here. I'll make sure of that as the song is playing. Uh, but, yeah, man, once again, one of my favorite, favorite songs of all time. I remember, like a good amount of people probably, I bought Dedication, The Best of Thin Lizzy. is my first Thin Lizzy CD. And the first song you hear on it is Whiskey in the Jar. It's like, okay, yeah. So they popularized Whiskey in the Jar. And then I believe the second track on the CD was this one right here. And this is the track that really made me a fan. Of course, Boys Are Back in Town and Cowboy Song brought me to the dance. But this song right here is the one that really, really made me a fan and was like, man, I got to dig deep on these guys. So thank you. Thank you so much to The Rocker. Turn it up.
When a guy like Phil Linnett just spits into the mic and says, I take no lip, nobody's tougher than me, you really do believe it. And that's what rock and roll is all about. That was The Rocker by Thin Lizzy from Vagabonds, The Western World. Number 25 here on the countdown. What a solid damn record. I think it kind of goes without saying. I, I would say probably the top 40 for sure, but top 30, I think these are all law. You got to get them. And returning to the countdown, a guy that actually appeared early on on the countdown, I believe in that first episode, coming in at number 24 with a brand new band. And it is basically his solo project, but the name has been changed now from just his regular name to uh, to an act now. So coming in at number 24 is technically the debut record from Wizard with two Zs. That's Roy Wood's new band here in 1973. Like I said, you heard Roy earlier on the countdown with his debut solo album. But this is the first album, Roy Wood and Wizard. Man, what a really, really cool, fun, interesting band. A little bit freaky, a little bit Beatles, psychedelic kind of stuff. Little prog, but never boring, that's for sure. And that's what I loved about Roy Wood, man. The album is called Wizard Brew, and just just get this any way you can. Listen to it any way you can. Stream it if you gotta. I definitely recommend picking up the 06 CD reissue, because if you get that, you get almost like a whole other bonus album that goes with it, because he did a handful of really, really cool singles around this time. And, of course, it's got the big Christmas song that they're known for. That's Yes, that is the band that does I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day. Of course, one of the great Christmas songs ever, but... This whole record just rules, so go check out Wizard Brew by Wizard, Roy Wood and Wizard. Uh, But to hopefully further entice you, halfway through the album is this one right here. Check this out. This is called Buffalo Station, Get On Down to Memphis.
gotta say, this show's on fire right here on this episode. Two kick-ass rock and rollers right in a row right there. That was Roy Wood and Wizard from Wizard Brew. And that song, once again, was called Buffalo Station, Get On Down to Memphis. I don't know about you, but that song sounds like Chuck Berry's Promised Land on steroids. And that's a great thing. That's a great thing to behold right there. So, yes. And the hits just keep on coming. Well, I mean, at least the personal favorites just keep on coming with our next entry right here. So, this definitely was one of the big surprises for me putting together this show. And I'll be honest, even just approaching the record, I was like, ah, okay, fine. You know, I'll definitely listen to this band's album from 1973 because they are a notable act and a favorite of some of my heroes but never a band that i've really pursued i've always just had a best of of this band and even then i don't think i really dived into that best of because if i had i would have at least heard this song and then maybe i actually would have been more intrigued to listen to the album involved with it i am talking about the sixth and final album by the band Free. And once again, just one of those bands that I've always taken for granted. I might not be alone in this. And even just, it's kind of the all due respect thing. Paul Rogers, one of the great singers of all time. But even then, I still don't know why I've never gone down this road. It's probably, maybe if I had to guess, just due to the absolute overplayedness of all right now. And I just never wanted to give him a shot. That has to be it. Because, man, this band's super talented. Even with all the things that they had going for them, I still don't know why I didn't give them a fair shot. But that's on me, because clearly I was wrong. I mean, you got Heartbreaker in a great position here on the countdown. This is definitely the free album at this point that I would recommend getting. Produced by the great Andy Johns, who has a resume of yard wide. And man, it's just an enjoyable, straight up, freaking fun rock and roll album just never really lets up and the first track wishing well is like okay that's real good and the second song kicks in i was like man whoo we are into a next level here so that's the one since it hit me so hard i'm going to use that song to represent this record right here so i hope you enjoy it here is free throwing it down with come together in the morning of you because I understand the things you do there is no one else can take your place in my life alone I had my Turn into 
that right there is the sound of a band who is truly locked in with each other. It's actually a shame just listening to this album again and just going like, man, it's a shame they broke up, but hey, maybe this was their peak for sure. And they just went out on that high note. But whatever the case may be, right there, Heartbreaker by Free, number 23 here in our countdown. And that was Come Together in the Morning. No context needed for that one. But maybe I'm just judging it by its title. Okay. All right. Album number 22 right here. Seems like we're in this weird kind of block of this is either the debut album or the final album. It seems like that. It seems like I'm saying that a lot. This is their last album. This is their debut album. In this case, we have another strong debut coming in at number 22 right here. I, If I had to guess just based off of the songs that are on this record and the overall enjoyable listen that I had, I would probably just speculate in advance, and I will give them all a shot. Don't get me wrong. I'll give all the records a shot here. I'm going to guess that this is probably the best album by this band as their debut. Some bands just pull it off first time out, right out of the gate. And I'm going to go with that for right now. Maybe I'll stand corrected later, but I think I am safe in my assumption here with the album Pronounced Leonard Skinnerd. Coming in here, 22. Yeah, the Skinnerd is making my countdown. And high up. This album came out on August 13th, 1973. Produced by Al Cooper. Not Alice Cooper, but Al Cooper with a K. A Muscle Shoals guy. That guy did actually play on a song with Alice Cooper. One song. I'll tell you about it later. But yeah, and that, I think that guy played organ on Like a Rolling Stone. So yeah, that guy had been around. But yeah, man, this album, hey, there's a lot of stuff that's overplayed on this album, but it is a classic album. I gotta say, I'm gonna give it its due. It is a truly great classic rock and roll album, and I would have to recommend that you own it. I don't care if you would rather never hear Freebird ever again. Freebird is a great song, and it's a perfect closer for this album. And since it's not the last song of the night, I'm not gonna play it. Thank God, right? But also, man, I got to say, in the context of the album, these songs do make sense. Uh, also, something like Tuesday's Gone, which you've probably heard a lot. It sounds great on this record. And this song I'm going to play for you right here is another obvious song. It's another single off the record. But it's always been one of my favorites. I actually worked this up with some guys in high school, and I actually played bass on this. Yeah, I got to play Senior Assembly when I was a sophomore because I learned how to play this song on bass. So I got to be cool for like five minutes in high school playing Gimme Three Steps. So I'm always going to love it. And now you're going to listen to it with me once again. So here's Leonard Skinner with Gimme Three Steps.
So it's debatable or not whether or not that that song right there, Give Me Three Steps, is the third or fourth most popular song off of that debut album. But that just goes to show you how strong this album really is. Because after Freebird and Simple Man and Tuesday's Gone, you also have this song as well. So I, I think between this and Tuesday's Gone, it might be a tie as far as like what's more popular, what gets played more on the radio for sure. But Obviously, Simple Man is number two as far as the overplayed songs. Freebird, of course, being number one. So I think this one, depending on what city you live in, let's just say either that one or Tuesday's Gone is more popular. But I'm always going to love Give Me Three Steps for the reason I told you before I played it. But also, it's just a fun boogie of a song. And there's a lot of songs like that on this record. If you've never heard the other half of this record, obviously, I recommend you check it out. Get into it. Pronounced. Leonard Skinner. Now, album number 21, last entry on our show tonight, before we get into the top 20, belongs to the Rolling Stones. They're on their 11th studio album at this point. They've already put out a ton of best ofs at this point as well. There's already a lot of comps in the Stones catalog by the time you get to their 11th studio album. Or I should use the asterisk, it's the 11th UK studio album and their 13th American release, but let's go with the UK since that's their homeland. But yes, Goat's Head Soup came out on August 31st of 1973, produced by Jimmy Miller. I'm very surprised that Jimmy Miller's name doesn't come up more as far as just the... You hear about Glenn John's name a lot associated with the Stones, and even lately Don was being the longtime producer of the Stones for the last few decades, but Jimmy Miller probably gets the nod here because that whole output between 68 and 73, this is kind of the quote-unquote end of an era. It's it's the last album that Jimmy Miller produces for them. It's the last of this legendary five-album run. Beggars, let It Bleed, Sticky Fingers, Exile, and this one right here. So that is considered one of the most legendary album runs of all time. And I definitely include Goat's Head Soup in that. Obviously, it's not as strong as Sticky Fingers, but it's still really, really good. Obviously, coming in here at number 21, some might even say too low, but I think it's in a perfect slot. And once you hear the top 20 that we got coming up here, I think all will be forgiven if you're mad at me about this. I just like the laid-back, fun nature of Goat's Head Soup. You got Heartbreaker, you got Angie. There's some classics on here for sure. And you got this one right here, which I'm assuming they got a lot of flack for. And I can't believe they got away with this. But I guess they were just bulletproof at this point with the record label or they sneaked to buy. I'm not sure which one. Obviously, there was not a table listen for this one. But yeah, closing off the show here today, it's The Stones. This is Star Star.
closing off the show here tonight and coming at number 21 here on our top 80 albums of 1973. That was The Stones from Goat's Head Soup. And that was, as Mick likes to say, Staw, fuck a staw, fuck a staw, fuck a staw, fuck a staw. It is fun to say. I, I understand now why you put it on the record that way. So, all right, yeah, Star Star by The Stones. I think the first time I actually heard that song was Joan Jett's cover of it. It wound up on that flashback compilation. So I think that's the first time I ever heard it myself, actually. But, yeah, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. There were some fucking bangers on here. Let's just keep saying fuck. Because The Stones have set the precedent. They always set the tone of what's cool. They always have and they always will. Uh, But, yes, hope you enjoyed this episode. We've got two more big episodes before we wrap up 1973. And, oh, baby. We have got some fucking records for you to check out, and they all fucking rule. You should fucking buy them, okay? <laughs> all right. It is it's fun to say. It's just, you know, yeah. It's just, just the way I am. It's the way I'm wired. Okay. Hope you enjoyed this. Hope you keep checking the show out and telling a friend. Share it. All that fun stuff. All right. So get mentally prepared for the top 20. Until then... Stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the plugs, followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris where cinema's trash is treated like treasure, and the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business, Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.
post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it.